Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. month but is it the start of a new era in the AFC North that is today's topic here on the Locked on Browns podcast thanks for stopping in hope you are having an enjoyable and safe weekend Uh, whether it's rain ice snow or just the cold I hope everybody just takes care of themselves is safe and has a little bit of fun as we prepare for the NFL playoffs to kick back off um, it's time to kind of talk a little bit about where the AFC North is. And so those of you who have been following the Lockdown Browns podcast know that at the beginning of the season, for me, the AFC North was ready to kind of take a downturn. Um, and so it's kind of a good time to look at where it is now and maybe where it might be in the future, given where the Cleveland Browns are. And so Last year for the Browns, it really was kind of the first of the month. It was the start off. It was the kickoff to what the new team, the new regime was going to look like. And whether you like it or not, that plan is a long-term plan. Again, whether they decide to go aggressive in free agency, in the draft, whatever it is. But the plan is to build around a bunch of young players who will be there for a long time. If that sounds familiar... It's because the Steelers, the Ravens, and Bengals have been doing it for at least 5, 10, 15, and in some instances a lot longer than that. That's kind of the way they've done things is you build around young players and then you replace those players as they get too expensive or too old. You can't keep all the players if you have a bunch of good young players, right? The Steelers have lost Mike Wallace and Emmanuel Sanders and some other players like that but they've kept around who they've considered kind of their core. Same thing with the Bengals, uh, losing Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu last year. Um, And so it's really going to be imperative to understand where the Browns are kind of in their process compared to where the other teams are. But this year, we started to see the downturn in the AFC North. The Browns are obviously 1-15. So that means both the Bengals, all the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers can count two wins just from the Browns alone. And so when you look at the rest of their record, so the Bengals were 6-9-1. That means without the Browns, they were 4-9-1. The Baltimore Ravens were 8-8. Again, without the Browns, they're 6-8. And And then the Steelers were 11-5. Again, 9-5 without the Browns. And then also playing against the Bengals twice and the Ravens twice. So... We've already seen kind of a downturn going from the AFC North, which had two or three teams in the playoffs, to only one team with a winning record, one with a 500 record, and then two with a losing record. So what does that mean kind of for the future, though? 
we know the Browns are pretty much the youngest team almost in history uh, with the number of snaps taken by rookie uh, and second-year players. But where are the Bengals? Where are the Steelers? What do their teams look like? Because when you look at that, you start to get a feel for what the future might look like in the AFC North, not just based on age, some of it based on age, some of it based on free agency and those kind of things. But when we look at kind of the main components of the AFC North, let's start with the quarterbacks. The Pittsburgh Steelers have what most people would say is the best quarterback in the division in Ben Roethlisberger. And then I would say it's a toss-up between Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco for who is second and third. Each has their strengths. Joe Flacco has an amazing arm. Andy Dalton is a little bit better in the intermediate routes. Both are very limited, though Joe Flacco was able to take his team to that Super Bowl and then sign that gargantuan contract. Both are getting paid pretty handsomely. Ben Roethlisberger is 34 years old. And so when you look at all the hits that he's taken, his size, uh, his injury history, that's a pretty old 34. Joe Flacco is 31 years old. Partially, he seems like he would be a little bit younger, um, but kind of bouncing around in college, ending up in Delaware after being at Pittsburgh. Um, he's been in the league only nine years, whereas Ben has been in the league 13 years. Um, and so Joe Flacco is 33, and then the youngest of those is Andy Dalton at 29. But if I'll just say for me, Dalton really is the the, the worst of the three. I think Andy Dalton has held back the Bengals roster for years. And so when you look at the most important position and maybe the best player on the Steelers and the Ravens are both over 30 years old already. So they're on the they're starting on the way towards not being really able to carry their teams. Andy Dalton has never been able to carry his team. And so the best player on the the Bengals is AJ Green, young wide receiver at 28 years old, um, but again, somewhat limited by Andy Dalton, has had some injury histories, but will be around for a little while. But besides that, the Bengals, when you look at their roster, have a lot of names, have a lot of interesting pieces, but are they at a place where they're ready to compete long-term. Andrew Whitworth, 35 years old, will be a free agent. Eric Winston, 33 years old, will be a free agent. Adam Jones is 33. Carlos Dansby, who they signed for this year, is 35, but he's not really that important. Domico Pecco, defensive tackle, those big guys kind of taking a pounding, is 32. Pat Sims is 31. So they're starting to kind of get up there in age, and they don't really have a lot of speed at their linebacker position as Ray Malaluga is 29 now, Vincent Ray is also 29. So there's some aging players on the Bengals, as well as maybe a, a limited ability overall for that roster because of Andy Dalton. The Steelers, with Ben Roethlisberger, have the shortest window. If we're being very honest, outside of Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers don't have what I or many would consider a ton of talent. With Ben Roethlisberger already at 34 years old, how long can that offense continue to carry them? He'll turn 35 in March, 
So he'll go into next season in his 35-year-old season. And so can he make it two more years as kind of a, a top-level quarterback? Le'Veon Bell is a very young 24 years old, but he's going to be a free agent. I don't think the Steelers are going to let him go, obviously, but they're going to have to pay him a ton of money. Where does that come out of the cap? And then Antonio Brown's already 28, a smaller guy uh, who runs great routes, shouldn't uh, have a huge impact as he ages, um, shouldn't impact him greatly. Are they going to be able to get anything out of Martavius Bryant? On the defensive side of the ball, I wouldn't say they have a ton of age. They actually have a lot of youth. The problem is their youth hasn't really performed the way they would want. Cameron Hayward has been good, struggled with some injuries. But at the linebacker position, Bud Dupree, nothing. Or maybe nothing. Hasn't really shown in his two seasons. Jarvis Jones has shown very little in his four seasons as a uh, first-round pick. James Harrison can't play forever at 38 years old. In the back end of the defense, Artie Burns, the rookie, has shown uh, flashes of being good, but also has shown some significant struggles. William Gay is already 32 years old. We know who Justin Gilbert is. And then at the safety position, Mike Mitchell is really kind of their guy, 29 years old. Who knows how long um, he will last, and is he really good enough to carry? So I think when you look at the Steelers, it's all dependent on how long Big Ben can play. Then finally, the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco is kind of their offensive identity. Steve Smith is retired already this season. Uh, they brought in Bashard Perryman, injured all of last year. Uh, and so he started to show some signs that maybe he could be a player. Maybe. But this year, I mean, 33 receptions for 500 yards and three touchdowns really isn't anything that the, the Ravens can bank on. They've added some young players on the offensive line. Um, where they have some talent. Ronnie Stanley is maybe was overdrafted. I think he was. I'm not sure he's good enough to be a left tackle in the NFL, but Marshall Yonda is great at guard, um, and they've got some other good players. Hopefully Max Williams out of Minnesota can develop as a tight end uh, as Dennis Pitta continues to age uh, and has obviously struggled with some significant injuries. And then on the defensive side of the ball, the Ravens' identity is – kind of going by the wayside, if you would. And so you've got Elvis Doomerville, 32 years old, Terrell Suggs, 34 years old. They really haven't been replaced by players who can dominate. So what does that mean for the Browns? This is the Lockdown Browns podcast. Again, tell me if you disagree with my assessment of these teams. But when I look at them, the Steelers are so totally dependent on Big Ben. They almost lost to us without him. Their defense gave up tons of yards to our terrible Browns team, pretty much with everybody playing except for uh, to it. They're starting uh, defensive end that was healthy. The Ravens, eh. the Bengals, depending on Andy Dalton to raise the level of the rest of their teammates, the rest of the young guys, mm, not really sure it's there. So for the Browns, the question is, is how do they time up everything? And so I think when you look at Big Ben, kind of like some of the teams in the AFC East looking at Tom Brady, when you look at Big Ben and his time frame, I think the Browns are perfectly placed as they grow and develop. This year, hopefully, they identify their quarterback of the future. 
whether that's uh, signing or trading for Tyrod Taylor, whether that's throwing tons of money at Kirk Cousins, or whether that's drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds, most likely in the first round somewhere, the Browns are in a place where if they can identify that quarterback of the future and really start to create an identity, it's something I talked about uh, in my piece on the Orange and Brown Report today. So you can go to theobr.com uh, and you can see the piece that I wrote about the one goal that the Browns should have this offseason. And it's not really position specific, but if the Browns can start to create their identity, I think that should be on the defensive side of the ball and find their quarterback of the future, which I think they can. Again, whether that's Taylor whether that's Kirk Cousins or that's somebody in the draft this year, I think they can do both of those things. They can create a defensive identity, whether that's drafting Miles Garrett, Jonathan Allen at the top of the draft, or even if they go quarterback at the top of the draft and get a Derek Barnett type at number 12 or a Malik Hooker, Jamal Adams, they still have two more picks in the top of the second round to bring in more defensive talent after putting a lot of picks towards the offense last year. If next year is a developing year, and the year after that, I think Ben is on the downturn. I think Joe Flacco is would be on the downturn. Again, not next year, but the following year. And I think Andy Dalton experiment in Cincinnati might be over, and they might be at the point of blowing it up to, re, to kind of start over. The Browns can be perfectly placed in a division that could be up for grabs as soon as next season. Does that mean the Browns have to compete next year? No, and I don't really expect them to. But it's important to look at kind of the trajectory of this division. We've had two and three playoff teams out of the division over the last few seasons. This year, we got one. And that one really was aided by playing the rest of the division, including the Browns, who gave away two wins to the Steelers. Just, I mean, they were just easy wins, and if the Steelers would have played uh, their players in the last game would have been even easier of a win. It wouldn't even have been a competition. Uh, playing the Bengals is not a tough game uh, this season, and really playing the Ravens wasn't isn't overall that tough either. And so we have one playoff team. You're always going to get one playoff team. It's the way it's set up. What about next year? Is there anything that I think the Bengals or Ravens can do to unseat the Steelers? As long as the Steelers stay, kind of stay the course and bring back Le'Veon Bell and Ben is um, injury-free and Antonio Brown is injury-free? Probably not. They're, they're moving in the direction of, of kind of their downturn. That's how things work. Where the Browns, on the other hand, could, should, whatever term you want to use, be on the way up. For the Browns, last year was kind of the first of the month. It was the restart. Now what? Now where? They are perfectly set up in a division that has really been great for years. The Browns are perfectly set up to take it over. As the other three teams start kind of on their decline, the Browns hopefully are starting their slow and steady ascent on a team built around a bunch of young players. Will it happen? Who knows? We can't guarantee anything. But it's important to look at what the competition is going to look like. The same way the AFC East may have some hope of not having to face Tom Brady, 
after the next two, three, or four seasons, the Cleveland Browns are no longer faced with a dominant division that they play in. Instead, they've got some dominant players still left over who are and should be on the downturn of their careers. Can the Browns take advantage? That's what we hope will happen. What do you think, Browns fans? When you look at the AFC North, do you see any young stud players that the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Bengals are going to be able to build around to stay competitive or return to being competitive? Or do you, like I, see a division that's going to slowly but surely start to turn over and they need a restart? Let me know what you think. Get a hold of me on Twitter, at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. As we finish up, I want to encourage you guys to check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. My guys, Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs, do a great job of breaking down all things NFL Draft. And so, obviously, we know that's the lifeblood of the Browns, and that's really been the lifeblood of the fans for years. And so make sure you check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. Make sure you follow them on Twitter as well. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast. Have a great weekend and go Browns.